0: love talk radio hi everyone welcome to the born to talk radio show i'm your host marcia Waiteka. conversations plus connections equals community those are my three c's the heart of my show is what's your story it's my belief we all have stories some are similar others are uniquely different Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you, wherever you might be. My guest today is Angelina Lee. She is the Mid-Market Customer Success Manager at Handshake. Welcome to the show, Angelina. Thank you so much for having me, Marsha. I'm, I'm really looking forward to sharing what you have this passion about. And um, you and I happen to have some history together. We both worked at the Westchester YMCA. Not together, but uh-huh. certainly you were there for a while, as was I. But I thought we, what we could do is let's just start off getting, letting our, our listeners get to know about you. So please just tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, sure, Marcia, thanks again for having me. It's been a while since we've been together at the Y. -hmm. I got my undergrad at UC San Diego and then went to grad school at Biola. In my professional background, I've worked in various industries from the Westchester YMCA and nonprofit with you doing admin finance and HR, to now my journey at Handshake. I have a wonderful family, I have two teenagers and with my husband and also our very active Siberian Husky.
0: <laughs> Who you won't have to put through college, by the way, just so you know. Oh, and Thank you, God. Yeah, really. And, you know, also, when we reconnected, you worked at Loyola Marymount University and Otis as well. Is that correct? That's right. So after
1: I transitioned from working at Westchester YMCA, I was actually recruited to go work in career services at Otis College of Art and Design just down the street in Westchester, doing Mm -hmm. career development for the college students there and connecting them with employers. And then a few years later, I took on a similar but larger role at Loyola Marymount University in career services as well.
0: Right. Both of those locations are in my backyard, you know. I mean, Loyola Mm -hmm. Marymount is literally three blocks from my home. So how was that transition for you moving from, you know, the nonprofit work to the higher education type of work?
1: Yeah, thank you for asking that. So when I was doing nonprofit work at the Y, it was in HR and finance. So I realized while I was in the human resources role, my favorite part of HR was the people. Working with people, but really empowering them in their current role and helping them find their passions and live up to their fullest potentials, right? doing what they love. And so when I was in conversations, people in career services, I realized, oh, I never, I didn't know that there was a job even in career services, helping young people getting ready for the world of work. And so I really enjoyed that transition, moving from the back office of the Y into career services to help empower the next generation of our leaders in utilizing their education, their passions, and who they fully are as people uh, into the workforce.
0: So if I understood what you said just a moment ago, you really love the conversational side. Was that one of your favorite parts about uh, working in higher education? Yes, it was
1: meeting with the students and Mm -hmm. with the employers, the companies that wanted to recruit and hire those students for internships and full-time jobs. I enjoy the interpersonal components of seeing what people want, what
0: they need, and making that match. And, and helping them to shine. Do you remember somebody being that person for you when you were going through school? You know, that was so long ago
1: when I was going <laughs> to school. I would say probably not in undergrad, but in grad school several of my professors really took that interest in me. I went to their office hours, met with them after class to talk about how to apply my passions and my studies into a career. And I remember them taking the time to find out who I am as a person, a holistic person, not just a student, and then helping me figure out where I can apply the educational skills and the passions into the workforce. So I think that really fueled this impetus of why a few years later I realized I wanted to do the same for others.
0: Wow. It's interesting. My son is in a simple, similar line of work at the University of Arizona. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, just, you never know where that person is at a university or a junior college or, frankly, even a high school I remember the college mm-hmm. the college counselor at Westchester High School was very influential in how my kids furthered their education, so you never know where that conversation can take you What do you miss most about that component of your career?
1: <laughs> I mean working with a student uh, whether undergrad or grad, um learning who each of them. Are. They're each unique and amazing and special. So I miss those conversations with the students, either in one-on-one career advising appointments or teaching career development classes. Um, yeah, I miss that student interaction and their energy.
0: So you were actually teaching some classes um, yes. when you were doing this? So, yeah, so part of my
1: role uh, in career development at LMU was teaching. That each okay. of us had a different area of expertise or a type of major or majors that we worked with. So when I was at Otis, of course, I worked with art majors. But at LMU, mm-hmm. I worked with primarily business majors and international students. And so I also taught. So I taught career development courses and internship courses for business majors. Uh, and then I also taught a class on career growth and career learnings for our NCAA students, teaching them how to develop their professional skills, how to showcase their athletic skills and what they learn on the field, on the court, into a career, how to translate that into their resumes.
0: That's, that's great, you, you know, because what that says to me is that it wasn't – you weren't one-dimensional, when you talked, mm-hmm. when you just mentioned that not only were you helping them with their academic, how that also relates as being a team member, as being an athlete, as balancing mm-hmm. time. You know, I mean, I raised two college kids. I know what that's like. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot to it. And I think that today's competition... And being successful and getting into college and doing all the things you want to do, and then your career, you know, which kind of frankly leads us right into where you are today, and that's your company handshake, which I uh-huh. love. I love your title, and I wasn't familiar with what mid market meant. I maybe you could even maybe you could just define what this means. You are called the mid market customer success manager at Handshake. (laughs) I really didn't know what that meant. Yeah, you know, that's a mouthful, huh? So it's kind of
1: a long title. I had to learn what that meant, too, uh, when I (laughs) first came on board. And mid-market basically means mid-sized companies. So companies from two hundred and fifty. To a thousand employees, that's a that's a large range, right? But mid-sized mm-hmm. companies, and they have different needs than larger companies, a thousand plus, five, ten thousand plus, right? And so this right. is my team. Yeah, my team, the mid-market team, we really give tailored uh, customer support. So we're not tech support. Customer success means like consultancy roles. We help our customers strategize, and in this case, my team here, our customers are the employers, the companies that are hiring university students or recent graduates, uh, young adults. So helping them strategize on how to talk to Gen Z, because I am far from Gen Z, way older. <laughs> I remember when I was in college, looking for summer jobs, internships, and even after graduation, looking for the full-time jobs. How we functioned then is so different than how Gen Z functions now. So helping them strategize on best practices, what works for a certain kind of students, and talking about uh, the pipeline, right? How to engage with different kinds of talent, having them feed into their recruitment and talent pipeline, not just for a year or two, but for the long term.
0: Nice. So first of all, may I just say, I don't know who was so brilliant to come up with the word handshake for this company, um, but I mean, it, when you think about it, that that initial handshake mm-hmm. is that sets a stage in my mind, and I realize that you know the pandemic kind of threw us off a lot from touching and handshaking and doing those kinds of things. Right. A smile can certainly take you a long way, but. Tell us about the background. When did Handshake actually begin? What's the background to that? Yes. You know, Handshake was
1: created by college students for college students initially. So it started in 2014. Three young college guys, as they were getting ready to graduate and looking for jobs and internships at Michigan Tech, they realized there weren't that many opportunities that there was a glaring inequality, right? In career opportunities for students across the country. Maybe the larger universities had more recruiters and companies going after them and say the Ivy Leagues or the USC's and the UCLA's. Mm -hmm. And so these three engineers came up with this concept of developing a software that can bridge the opportunity gap. So they built it from the ground up in 2014, pitching their idea to many universities. I actually met our current CEO, Garrett Lord, around that time, I think actually around 2015, 2016, when I was at a college career services and employers conference. Mm. I saw him at one of the vendor booth tables, pitching the idea and demoing this platform called Handshake. And I was immediately sold. (laughs) I was like, this is amazing. It was easy to navigate, right, Mm -hmm. because they knew exactly what college students were looking for and how they navigated this digital landscape as digital natives. And so that's how it started, from the ground up. And they would drive across the country pitching their idea. And that was 2014. And now in 2023, we are a a pretty large company uh, with about, I think, 800 employees currently supporting our three-sided network of students, their universities, and employers who are hiring.
0: You know, I'm I'm on your LinkedIn page, and I would like mm-hmm. to um, encourage people to go to Handshake on LinkedIn. And what I'm reading here, it, it says that you initially started in San Francisco, but it sounds to me mm-hmm. like you are now global. Do you actually have a... Um, a component in London as we're speaking right now? Yes, Marcia. So we wow. have our our uh uh-huh. our headquarters is in San Francisco. We also have offices
1: in Denver and New York, but we have a UK office that supports England, Germany, and France.
0: Wow. Wow, mm-hmm. there is no so limit then to what these now. that is that even adds to even more excitement in my opinion. I mean that that's that's really cool, and I I would invite people to visit your LinkedIn page. You also have um, a page um, a website, and I'll just mention that just really very briefly. It's called JoinHandshake dot com. Just so people know that there are two different locations for people to visit. But what I'd be mm-hmm. curious to know about with you, Angelina, is what what do you love about working there?
1: Yeah. I love the mission, and that's how I initially uh, gained interest in Handshake. First, as a Handshake customer, when I was at LMU, LMU is a Handshake partner school. So we partner with over 1,500 colleges and universities and academic institutions, including technical and community colleges. So I was a Handshake user from the university side. And the more I got to know not only the tool, but also the people who work at Handshake and the mission, which is to democratize access to all students. I fell in love with the company and and who the people are and what is it that Handshake does to create more opportunities for people, especially for maybe first-generation students or students who didn't have that familial support growing up, right? Didn't have the legacy connection to university, for example. And that's what I love about Handshake, the people that I work with the mission and also the people that we serve, which is number one, our students.
0: I just, that is just, that's, that's so in keeping with who you are as an individual, which I think is just outstanding. And I'm going to have to check with my son to see if you are connected to the University of Arizona. Perhaps you, you might or may not yes, know that. Yes, we are. But they,
1: they are a handshake. Yes, they're a handshake school. <laughs>
0: oh, that's terrific too. I'm happy to hear that. So, you know, there obviously are some wonderful success stories, and we have ample time to really talk about some of those success stories. So why don't you share some of those with us right now? You mean like
1: success stories overall with the company or me personally with Hannah Well, you
0: know something? That's, that's, an, that's an excellent point. Why don't we do <laughs> this? I would actually like to hear the answer to both of those questions. So you pick which one you'd like to start with, because I would like to hear um, what, um, what you find are some success stories with, with Handshake, because we're going to talk about your relationship with, with them, and maybe you want to save mm-hmm. that further down the road, but if you want to just talk initially about some success stories at the company itself, um, we can always mm-hmm. come back and talk about your success stories. Okay. Thank you for that Marcia.
1: I would say one of the biggest success stories right starting from the ground up since 2014 now handshake is the number one place where college students go to look for a job and to connect okay. with employers and so that's a big success right from our our um, our CEO and the other founders driving around the country to pitch mm-hmm. their idea to now being the number one place and also it's a you I would say that we are a trusted thought leader with universities and employers. So we host an annual conference called Access and we just hosted another one in last May. And I think that we have thousands of university career services people and employers, talent acquisition leaders, including C-suite, attending this annual conference to talk about the next steps of work, Mm -hmm. of how young people look for work, how to engage with them, how to create opportunities for underrepresented groups, for example, and really our leaders in the company have become thought leaders to C-suite, to universities to try to change the landscape of how to recruit early talent and how to value uh, young people in the workplace. I would think that's uh-huh. one of our largest successes,
0: yeah. Do these, do these gentlemen ever do TED Talks? They do. Actually, on our Handshake
1: uh, LinkedIn page, if you look at some of our posts, and I think even on our website, if you go to our newsroom, let me see. We have articles, and our CEO, Garrett, has done a quick tech talk recently this past spring. He was also Mm. featured on MSNBC and various other news outlets.
0: Wow. That's, that's really getting the word out, you know, because, you know, high school, college counselors, college counselors, there's only so much that they do. And then of course there's Mm -hmm. a responsibility on the student, maybe there's a language barrier maybe there's a financial barrier there's all kinds of barriers that can get in the way and i'm just wondering maybe you could you could just you could speak to that what are some of the challenges that you have found cuz i don't know how when did you start working for them i know it started in 2014 yeah so i didn't start working at handshake until April 2022 so it's been over, okay. only a little over a year. Mm-hmm. Okay but so what have you found to be some of the challenges? You mean for handshake? Yes for for handshake. I would
1: say that's a good question. I would say one of the challenges is convincing people that there's a return on investment, a long-term return on investment in hiring college students and recent grads and having them feed into the long-term pipeline for a company. For example, I would say one of the main challenges recently has been the economy. I think everyone can relate to that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and with the current economic climate and post-COVID you know, COVID economy, some companies have been cutting costs and cutting hiring, say for their internship program, freezing the internship program or even entry level roles. And and I think that's been a challenge because we've done a, uh, an assessment and a report recently on the cost economics of hiring early talent, meaning college students or recent grads, compared to mid to late career. And it's actually more economical to hire right, entry-level roles, and having them feed into a long-term pipeline, grow from within, train them and promote them from within, and then saying trying to grab talent mid to late career, because it costs more to hire some of the more experienced people, right? There's a talent Mm -hmm. shortage right now. And I think hiring these young people who are very technically savvy and training them and having them grow with your company saves you money long term. So that's, I think, one of the most recent challenges as companies are kind of reeling from the economic climate right now and struggling to recover, say, from the lost revenue um, of COVID is trying to encourage them to say, don't try not to freeze all of your programs, especially early talent, because it's not, you know, it's less expensive to hire them and they catch on to technology really quickly. Have them feed into your pipeline. Have them grow with you. So, kind of mm-hmm. encouraging employers to think long term and ex- having an expansive
0: strategy. That's interesting. So, I believe I, well, you and I have spoke. Um, I think you're working from home now. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, do you do you like that, or are you kind of missing something about being in an office environment? Tell us about what that's like for you personally.
1: Yeah. Thanks. I, I do enjoy working from home because I don't live next to one of our hubs, right? I'm in Los Angeles. Um, I enjoy working from home because of the flexibility. I'm also an introvert, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I like having that alone time. I thrive in alone time, uh, and it gives me the flexibility, especially with my kids, uh, not only school schedules, but all of their extracurricular activities to be mom shuttle service. Um, But I think the one thing I miss about in-person office experience uh, is my colleagues, are my colleagues. Um, I enjoy the people that I work with very much, but we're usually online talking to each other or meeting on Zoom. So Mm -hmm. when we do have our quarterly meetups, it's really great to see them in person to give that handshake, to give that hug, the high five, um, and and
0: having those um, in-person interactions. You know, you said something that cracked me up. Um, I would have never thought of you considering yourself to be an introvert. (laughs) I would have. No, you're
1: not the first one. Okay, Marsha, let me just say, you're not the first one. But when I, at work, and you've always seen me at work as a Y, right? Because that was my work. Um, Right. At work, I use up all my X percentage of extroversion. (laughs) <laughs> um, so, <laughs> because oh, you know now to think about it my job my job has always been very people focused right um mm-hmm. because don't get me wrong as an introvert I like people but I like people for a certain extent and then I need to be alone and recharge <laughs> that's <laughs> right funny. to recharge my batteries so I can be fully present for the people that I serve and work with um but I I know that I'm an introvert because I definitely need that alone time, the recharge mm-hmm. time, the
0: quiet. Mm-hmm. You want to know something funny about what you just said? Even extroverts <laughs> like myself it never shuts up, um, too. Because what happens is you've overloaded your brain, and and this whole thing about multitasking is quite overrated. And maybe young people can manage to do that. The older you get, the more difficult that becomes. And then instead of being um, multi-focused, you're like, wait, I, I, I often use this analogy, maybe you'll get this, but I'll say sometimes I feel like I'm a master juggler and I'm throwing all these balls up in the air, but guess what? They're all hitting me in the head because I'm just trying to do too many <laughs> yeah. things at the same time, you know, and people, people that do too many things at the same time, you know, they they can relate to that. So, you know, I can see where there's definitely, listen, I, we could say I work from home, but if I only sat at my office in front of my computer, how would I meet people when I'm out, if I'm not outside walking or at the market or wherever I might go, the why, you know, I, I need right. that in my environment as well. So, mm-hmm. um, so regardless of where you've worked or your industry that you work worked with, what would you say in sort of looking back at yourself is your unwavering mission, your mission? Mm.
1: I would say my unwavering mission is to make sure that, A, people know that they are valued, not just for the work that they produce, but for their whole selves. And number two is I am very passionate about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. So that's part of the Handshake mission too, right? The democratizing access to all. But I think for me, especially for those who did not have the opportunities or did not, do not have the access, not only with the companies that I work with, those who are my customers, but also internally with Handshake, within Handshake, within our company, uh, and also in my personal sphere. That's my unwavering passion.
0: You know, what's interesting is I think many of us are familiar with DEI, but Mm -hmm. you added another initial to that, which is B. Is that uh, that an industry um, um, definition for adding belonging to that?
1: Yes. I would say so. It's a newer in the past couple mm-hmm. of years because I think over the past three years with the pandemic and also the social justice movement, right, it's not just about diversity, equity, or inclusion. It's about belonging, belonging currently where you're at, whether at school or in your workplace, that you are valued for who you are, that you're not just needing a quota, a diversity quota, for example, mm-hmm. whether having more women in a specific industry, right, or, or more um, Latin people, more people who identify as LGBTQ+, for example, right, but that you belong, that this is a safe and wonderful place for you to thrive
0: and grow. Mm, I love that. So mm-hmm. what was your inspiration to go and work at Handshake? You, you had a career. What, what, what drew you there? What was that inspiration like for you? Yeah,
1: I would say, too, I never worked in tech before that, right? I worked in nonprofit administration uh, at the Y with you, and -hmm. then I went on to higher ed, which is also nonprofit in a sense. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think I really enjoyed, while being a handshake user and customer at LMU on the university side, like I mentioned earlier, I enjoyed the people who worked there who I had a chance to interact with and their mission, and I enjoyed the pace of tech the tech industry where change happened faster. Because it's tech and because Handshake was a startup, right, in 2014, the startup environment I learned implements change a lot faster, whether it's systemic change, um, overall organizational change, or the platform itself from customer feedback. So we think this might work better for us, for our students, for our company, right? Handshake implements change quickly. Say compared to nonprofit or higher ed, and I really liked that because Handshake Mm -hmm. is very open to feedback from the customers and also internally from the employees, and that that was my impetus to
0: head over to Handshake. And to be clear again, because this is I'm trying to appreciate um, the mission and what you're doing. So, the customer is your is are the employers looking for employees? Mm-hmm. We okay. have two
1: kinds of customers. Well, we have three kinds of customers. Great question. So Handshake is unique in that sense that we have what we call a three-sided network, three main customers. Number one customer, students, right? Democratizing access to all students, students first. Number two customer, universities, the university career services that host the Handshake platform so that all the students in our partner schools have access to Handshake, such as LMU, Arizona University. And so they can use their single sign-on when they log into their school portals, they can have access to Handshake as well. And then the third customer, you nailed it, are the employers who are looking for employees. Okay. So my customers on my team, my customers are the employers, the companies.
0: Okay, okay. So, let's talk about some of those um job responsibilities that that you personally have um what tell kind of walk us through what it is that you are responsible for doing since your main focus are the employers.
1: Yes. So, my responsibilities are to make sure that my employers, the employers in my portfolio portfolio, right? Each of our team members have a different portfolio with different employers assigned to us. My main focus is to make sure that they succeed, right? So customer success managers, they succeed in their goals. And we partner with them on why they initially signed on to Handshake. Why did they purchase Handshake? And that is to meet their early talent recruitment goals of either increasing the pipeline, getting more interns into their pipeline or getting more early talent to be part of their long-term program, increasing their diversity goals, using handshake to hire more women in STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math, for example. Right. So my job is to make sure to be their strategy consultant, uh, their day-to-day point of contact, to make sure that they know how to utilize and maximize the Handshake platform to meet their recruitment goals and, and to support them year over year.
0: Okay. You said something that I thought was interesting because you mentioned purchasing. So if these employers are part of Handshake, they are, Mm -hmm. they are paying your company to be a part of that. Is that how that works?
1: Yes. There are two options. So Handshake, there's the free version for all employers. They can, create an account for their company for themselves and they can use the free version. But the free version means that they have a limit of the number of messages um, that they can send out to candidates per month or per semester, per school year. Uh, Then we have premium, which is my customers, uh, where they pay an annual subscription to Mm -hmm. utilize more of the advanced features. And with that subscription comes me customer success manager, as well as my account management partners who help them with some of the business goals with their renewal, uh, things like
0: that. Hmm, interesting. So mm-hmm. let's, let's talk a little bit, because um, we've got quite a bit of time left, and I want to make sure that we really do focus on all the wonderful things you're doing. So tell us about the population that you serve or work with at Handshake.
1: Yes. So the population that I work with directly, right, are the customers, the employers. The Handshake Network has currently over 8,600, over 8,600. Give me one moment. I'm having a mind. Yeah. Over okay. 865,000. Thank you. Because I was saying, I'm like, that's not right. We have over eight thousand, eight hundred and sixty-five thousand unique employers on our platform. Obviously, wow. I can't serve all of them, right? So we have different no. teams. And as, <laughs> and as part of the mid-market team then, right, I have my book or portfolio of customers. And so they are mid-sized companies in various industries ranging from say tax or accountancy, uh, to renewable energy and utilities, to healthcare, to education, right? Looking for interns and entry-level full-time roles, re- looking to recruit. And so each of the companies and industries have their own unique needs. So what I do is I'm in charge of monthly meetings with each of my customers to talk about what their current priorities, goals, and business challenges are, and how I can partner with them to not only strategize, but how to teach them and empower them to best use handshake to meet those goals that they have.
0: Hmm. So would you say that for the most part, most college students are perhaps, I don't, I don't I, – I, I, do you think the most college students are familiar with what it is that you offer as students at these universities? I would say it depends on those universities and their teams.
1: So, like I mentioned, I serve on the employer team. We have a whole other team who serves our universities. So their customers are the universities, the various career offices, the career services, right, um, of those universities. And their job then, that team's job is to make sure that those university partners know how to A, use Handshake, but b know how to best support their students and their populations, the students that they serve to Mm -hmm. use Handshake to look for internships, jobs, and to connect with employers, either virtually or in person. And so, I would say it depends on each of the universities, you know, the, the, the size of teams they have. Some universities have larger teams than others. When I worked at LMU, there were 14 of us in the career services team, so that's a very robust team. Okay. Some smaller universities have only, say, two or three people in their career services, right? But it's really, I would say, the universities, it's their job to let their students know about the Handshake resource, And oftentimes Mm -hmm. universities host back to school right when the new school year starts, usually the first week of school. They have uh, their picnics or welcome back. You know how there's, like, oftentimes a big festival. Look at all the clubs that you can sign up for, right? Right, Uh, right. All the services that school offers, right? Um, And usually the career services office, they'll have a table, too. And that's when they tell students, okay, you, are you registered for classes? Great. Did you get your pass? Did you get your school ID? Great. Now, did you know that you can download the Handshake app onto your phone or you can just sign in using your school email? This is how you can do this. That should be part of the first week of school, which most universities have.
0: That's great. That I mean, that's, mm-hmm. you know, there's so much to digest when you're first starting off to college. But, mm-hmm. you know, and and. And what your goal is going to be in being part of that process. So, you're an advisor. What would you advise a current college student or a recent grad about career development? That's a great question. I would say
1: first and foremost, for a current college student, um, you should go check when you log into your school intranet or your school portal, right? If mm-hmm. there's a careers link or careers button. See if you're part of Handshake School and you can just click on and take a look. I would say it's never too early to start looking at opportunities and the kinds of jobs, internships, and companies that are out there. Oftentimes freshmen would say be like, oh I'm, you know, I, I'm too young or I don't know what I have to offer. Freshman right. year is a year of discovery and exploration. Don't be afraid to go click around in there and look around, but also please connect with your university career office. Every one of, universe, of the universities should have one, whether it's a small, Absolutely. mid, or larger team. Mm-hmm. It should be called career services now or career development, and that's separate from university HR. Don't get that confused, right? University right. HR is to hire for university employees um, and support them, but career services, career development, is for the university students for the next step after you're done with your uh, degree. And so please go make yourself at home in their career office. Uh, Make an appointment to see them, to talk about how do I get a resume started? Mm, What what kinds of internships or on-campus jobs should I be looking for to build my resume? Start that early and often. Go visit them often. Don't just go once a year or don't uh, mm-hmm. go for the first time your senior year spring semester. <laughs> I would say right. you're, in my you're years yeah. of career services at universities, the panic happens when seniors, graduating seniors, visit the career office for the first time a month or two weeks or a week before graduation. That's too late.
0: You know, I'm, I'm looking at your website Because you have that LinkedIn site, which is exceptional. You also have JoinHandshake.com, and Mm -hmm. and your website talks about launching your career on Handshake, whether the right jobs for you, um, Mm -hmm. how this all works, whether maybe you've never had any job experience. So now, what do you do? Right. So this is a, and I mean you're you're followed by incredible. I mean you have your you know, you have companies that are attached to you. And I think that that's great because you even offer on your website some career tips. And there's a lot of resources out there for people that are thinking about this. And, you know, I realize that this is really the responsibility of the student. But for parents that want to just... Mm -hmm sort of be in the loop as well i was one of those i'm Mm -hmm. sorry to say i was but i was (laughs) um but you know that just meant honestly that just meant that i was there to support and and here's here's some of these things so you have some you have some blogs you have some interesting Mm -hmm. interesting things on your website that i will make sure that people Um, you know find the information you're looking for what's relevant to you might be not relevant to somebody else so Mm -hmm. it's important that people look at that so what do you want the employers or the people that are currently hiring to know about the Gen Z and you know what excuse my ignorance Uh, what level what who who are the Gen Z was when when were those when were those young people born what what decade are we talking about yeah I'm actually googling it because it, it's interesting. Some people define
1: it differently, but I would say the Oxford Dictionary, though, define Gen Z as groups of people who were born between the late 1990s and the early 2010s. Between so that between the 90s and the 2010s. Um, Got it. And those who are regarded as being very familiar with the internet.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, <there> you <laughs> they go. were born. No kidding. With the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <I> Absolutely <wouldn't. laughs> that not knows I so, so what would you want people that are currently hiring to know about this group of people and how they can support this very diverse workforce? Yeah. This is a great question, Marcia. I would say
1: one of the main things to know about Gen Z is that they are digital natives, right? Speaking of born being born with the internet. They are very, very savvy, and they have information at their fingertips. So if, right, they're looking. They're looking on social media. So if you're an employer, you have a social media presence, and if a student is interested in you, you bet they're looking at not only your company website, the About Us section, the mission section, the job and career section. They're looking on your social to see what is it mm-hmm. that you post, what is important to your company. I would say another key takeaway from a recent survey and uh, market research that Handshake has done, especially on the class of 2023, the class that is just graduating uh, university, Mm -hmm. is that they're adjusting their priorities. I would say maybe a few years ago, a lot of the students are looking for the big name companies, the big tech Mm -hmm. entertainment, but back Mm -hmm. to the economy. I think that the current economy has shown us that there has been an economic downturn with some of the big companies that they were doing a lot of massive layoffs, right, Marcia, over the past six to seven (laughs) months. Massive layoffs and hiring freezes. And so this current recent grad class or graduating class, they're now focused on working for stability. They're adjusting their priorities away from focusing on big name, fast growing companies to companies that are stable, companies that offer career mentorship and growth opportunities, right? They, they want that. Um, and because they're very tech savvy, they're going to look. So not only are these technologically focused majors right, say in engineering or business analytics or information systems, they're not the only ones looking for, say, more tech-focused or jobs that have tech skills. I would say liberal arts majors have a lot of the tech skills, too, because they're really native and and they've taught themselves. So I think it's important for employers to look at their resumes, not only at their majors, but look at the skills section, look at the digital section, and see what is it that they're capable of. Don't get stuck on the major like, oh, sociology. Oh, then they, they don't they they don't qualify for this job. But you never know that the sociology major upscaled uh, upskilled themselves and got a certificate in web design, for example, right? That's very common. Or got another certificate or took advanced courses in US UI or in um, various other technical components, even coding right? A lot of them can do that as well. And I would say the last thing is that, you know how it was like all remote during COVID and everyone was looking for all remote roles. But now I think because this current graduating class, they started college during COVID and all their classes were online. Now they want more in-person connections. So speaking Mm -hmm. of earlier, when you asked me that work from home question, I would Mm -hmm. say young people now, early talent, they do want the in-person connection. So our recent market trends article cited that more than seventy percent now of young people, uh, college graduates, want they prefer hybrid work. So fewer and fewer mm. want fully remote. They want hybrid opportunity, meaning days in office, and with the options to one to two days a week maybe log in from home.
0: You know, it's, it's interesting because of my close proximity to LMU. You know, it's just three blocks mm-hmm. from my house. I have a lot of LMU students that live in my neighborhood. There's two houses yes. across the street from me that are filled with LMU kids. And because I have had kids that have gone through college, um, one of the things I share with them, even though they don't ask for my advice, but you know me, um, <laughs> just because you major in something, doesn't necessarily mean that's where your job opportunities lie. That's right. My daughter that's right. is the perfect example. Perfect example. Because sometimes you just... Uh, she got a degree in theater arts at UCLA. Mm-hmm. A lot of her mm-hmm. friends went on to become attorneys. She went into commercial construction. Wow. Seriously. So, you know, you don't really know necessarily when you're majoring in something and you've gotten your degree in communications or whatever that degree might be in, what your possibilities are because you are, the beauty of today's world is that everyone is linked up and LinkedIn and social media mm-hmm. and your best friend just got a job at XYZ and it's like, oh my God, you ought to, they're hiring you might want to think about coming here. So, you you know, it that's not to take away from what you are offering, but I'm just saying that college is just the the, the springboard for where you go next and what it sounds like you offer is and we're in the water ready to catch you. We want to yes. help you get there. Yes.
1: Yes, we want right? to help
0: you get there.
1: We want to help you be able to see the wide The vast array of options out there. The world, you know the phrase, the world is your oyster? It really Mm -hmm. is. And I would say that besides your daughter, I think I'm a perfect example also. So I majored at UC San Diego, political science, right, international (laughs) relations. Uh And I thought, like, I am going to go in the world of politics and change the world. Well, my first job out of college was in that I worked for the diplomatic, uh, hmm. the diplomatic circle, uh, I worked for a, a consulate uh, in downtown L.A. And I realized while working there,
0: I'm like, oh, man,
1: I felt like I had to sell my soul, you know. And <laughs> that was just my personal experience. So I'm speaking yeah. about my personal experience. And I realized, I don't know if that's this is what I really want to do. And while I was there, guess what was my, well, well, guess what was my favorite part of each day, Marsha? What's that? Having the one-on-one meetings with people, <laughs> right? Yes. Having the one-on-one yes. meetings with our consular guests, with my colleagues, finding out what they love and helping them find their passion. And so I realized, oh, mm. I, I, I like this. I think I'm good at uh-huh. this versus the big, getting the big speeches or so go to all, like, these, you know, sushi mm-hmm. events and stuff which was not really great for my introversion, you know? And so, <laughs> That's so, cute.
0: so I decided um,
1: I'm going to go get my grad degree in leadership with an emphasis mm-hmm. in counseling so that give me more skills to help people, to, to love on them, to help them feel valued and important and find their passions. And that was, right, that was years ago. So from poli-sci, all international relations grad degree in leadership and counseling, like what, right? To working (laughs) at the Y in finance and HR to now working for a tech company. I would say that a career is Mm -hmm. circuitive and your major in the long run doesn't really matter. It's your skills, who you know, and how you treat people that
0: are the most important. You bet. And, you know, earlier we were talking about successes and challenges, and I wanted to mm-hmm. circle back to that because we were talking about yeah. the companies. But I'd like to know what, what about your success stories and, and, your, and your challenges? Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? I'd like to hear that. You mean just overall, maybe beyond yeah, Handshake for overall? You know, well, you know what? We've got another 10 minutes. And, and, okay. and I want you to be able to just sort of share, you know, um, I know that people, I've, I've mentioned how people can you know, get in touch with Handshake. But, you know, like mm-hmm. in any career, there are success stories. There are yeah. challenges at times. And so how, what has that been like for you when you think about your time with um, Handshake?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've only been with Handshake for a little over a year, but That's I would okay. say, yeah, but I would say maybe one of the success stories, one thing is that, you know, over, over, only a little over a year, but I would say that my customers overall have been happy. So again, the employers <sighs> that I serve, um, they feel like whenever I meet with them each month, they feel like they're the most important person in that Zoom room, in that moment in my world. Because I want to make sure that they're heard as professional, as my customers. Mm-hmm. You know, they, meet, they have a lot of business challenges, especially, I would say, in the mid-market segment, my mid sized companies, in healthcare, mm-hmm. right? Or some of my former customers in education. We know COVID did a number, don't we, to our educators and yeah. the education industry. So listening to their pain um, and strategizing with them on how we can make it better right, and letting them know that we are in it together. So I would say one of my success stories is that my customers overall are happy and they know that I care about them so that because of that, they they renew, right? Because they want to continue the partnership with CanShake, mm-hmm. continue working with me and my colleagues. I would say another one is right, my lifelong pa- passion of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. So recently, I was selected to be the co-chair or co-lead of um, our Handshake employee resource group. So we have a lot of different resource groups for um, underrepresented groups. Uh, We have resource groups for women, people um, who identify as LGBTQ+, for example. And we also have one called the Community of People of Color. And so I co-lead that group, and we just create a safe environment, right, to talk about hot topics or things that are so challenging and painful for us, and we have regular meetings where it's kind of like an open forum where we just talk about things um, and make people feel heard and valued, and also uh, have conversations with leadership on how we can make certain things better, make improvements, and so I really, I really enjoy that work. I feel like I'm not only contributing to my customers' goals, but also to my colleagues' and to creating a place of belonging for my colleagues and I here at Handshake. Um, and I would say you know, maybe
0: going go ahead, all the way.
1: Oh, sorry. Go mm-hmm. ahead.
0: No, 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 no. Finish your thought, please. And I would say maybe overall in my
1: career, going back to all the way back to the why when you and I first met, I would say maybe I see one success is that you and I, we still like each other and we still keep yeah. in touch, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Is that right. Is I... I value people, and I would say at every company and every career journey, there are always many ups and downs. Some are within our control and some are outside of our control. One mm-hmm. of the things I value most is keeping in touch with former colleagues who I consider friends. I, if I see you at Trader Joe's, I'm not going like to run the other way. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, I value not burning bridges. I value
0: mm-hmm.
1: continuing the the relationship and that people are the biggest commodity that we all have
0: and you know because people know that about you it's a win win because it's mutual it's not it's mm-hmm. not it's not fake you are authentic and because you are authentic that's how you come across and so people know that about you and they trust you and all of those personality traits Go into making people feel successful, but I'm sure there's been some challenges along the way, right mhm, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure, <laughs> yeah, but you know you who can you talk to that isn't going to tell you that they've haven't had a challenge along the way i I mean yeah, you know sure. we we all have in some in some format or another you know whether it's job related whether it's personal related whatever that might be we mm-hmm. you know it happens but yeah. you know it it, it it is what it is as my husband would say but yeah I, I'm I'm curious to know this about you because we do have a few more minutes left and I think this would be great to hear about this because it kind of takes us back to who you are as a person
1: mm-hmm. and that is mm-hmm.
0: you know we can't work 24 7 because first of all we'll Will burn out, and we won't even yeah. be happy people, and no one will want to be around us. We have to have some balance in our life, and I think that's mm-hmm. a word that isn't used often enough. I, I think that, yeah. and I, I would apply myself to that same that same um, thought that there needs to be balance between your between your work life and between your home life and your personal mm-hmm. life. And so, I'm just wondering when you're. Outside of work, what are some of your hobbies and your interests that keeps you kind of balanced and grounded? Yeah, thank
1: you for that. I would say I love music. I love listening to music and playing. So I would say, like Mm -hmm. playing, meaning self care.
0: Yeah, let me interrupt you oh, okay, that's what you actually not playing it like I've just put the radio on. You're saying okay, so you play the the piano. but no, yeah, so I about, play piano and yeah,
1: and I play piano and guitar. So I just do it for the joy of it. Um, mm-hmm. I would say one thing, one one of the greatest things my parents have done for me is they did not force me. Maybe like a lot of, I'll just say like a lot of Asian families and Asian American families, I really value these musical skills. And I know some of my friends, they felt like they were forced. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my aunt is a piano teacher, prolific piano teacher. And mm. I remember she tried with me when I was seven years old, and I was squirm and not sit still at all on that bench. I kept looking outside. I kept looking outside, and she realized I wanted to go play. Um, I was a very active child. And so she told my mom, and that's words of wisdom, don't force her. Mm-hmm. If she has the propensity for it, she'll come back to it later. And so my parents didn't force me, um, let me go outside, go roller skate till so my heart was content. You know, I lived <laughs> across the park and they had a little roller skating outdoor link. So that's what I did every day. And years later in middle school, beginning of high school, I joined like a church band and I realized I'm the only one who didn't play an instrument and who couldn't read music. I could sing, but that was it. And I started taking piano not because I was going to go to any festivals or competitions because I started too late, but just for the joy of it. And so mm. one of the things I do for myself and I enjoy with my family, um, both of my daughters play instruments also, is we make music together at home just for the fun of it. Oh. Um, yeah, and so that's, that's one of my, my joys that feed my soul. Another one is I, I like to do yoga. I think especially in very stressful seasons, yeah, in stressful mm-hmm. seasons, I do yoga, um, and I, um, I, ha- I haven't had as much time to go to classes, in-person classes anymore, but I have a couple of online yoga teachers I really enjoy, so I do their videos um, and, and really enjoy that, and I also practice martial arts. That really Ooh. helps me um, to get some of the stress out.
0: <laughs> Did you know... Are you familiar with the name Larry Payne from LMU? Say he, again. He, Larry Payne, P-A-Y-N-E. He uh-huh. actually has a certification program at Loyola Marymount to become a yoga therapist. Oh, and yes. So my a, yoga, LMU has a great program for they that. They have yes. a fabulous program for that. Terry Rosman, yes. who yes. started her yoga studio, is a student of his. My online yes. teacher is a student of his. And, you know, we recognize the value of just taking a yoga breath and doing that four-square yes. breathing just to calm ourselves down because you and I understand the value of that. And I know yes. that I have to do that because otherwise I'm just, you know, sometimes just kind of going nuts and it's like, Come on now. Mm-hmm. Just take a deep breath. Bring yourself thank back to you. center, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. And thank I just recommend I recommend it to everyone whether you're mm-hmm. in your career, whether you're doing my what we would call my CPA would call my hobby, um, you know, whatever that might be, there's something to be said for calming down. And I just want to just say thank you. Thank you for being who you are for making a difference for people that you may never know that you've done that for. You may never know, Angelina, that by this company, Handshake, that it has led them to something that they maybe should have come back or could have come back and just said, thank you. Because I just think this has been a wonderful opportunity to get to know more about what you love doing because when people love what they do, it's obvious. It's obvious. Mm. And and I just want to thank you so very much for sharing what you love doing with our audience today. It it's just been a it's been a delight.
1: Thank you so much for having me and for asking me, Marsha. It was such a pleasure and an honor to have this time with you.
0: Really. And now we need to find time to get together and and look at each other and in straight into the eyes, all right? <laughs> I would like that. That sounds great. Um, it does. So I'm wishing you all the very best. Here we are in the middle part of June and the and the hits just keep on coming as they say in the music world. So I'm going to let you get on with the rest of your day Angelina and I want to thank all of you that are listening. Please share these. Please share this with your friends. If you just listen to this podcast on a podcast app that you've enjoyed, Tell your friends about it. You don't know where that might lead their family to. So I just want to, once again, thank you so very much, and I look forward to being in touch with you directly, Angelina. This has been great. Thanks again for being my thank guest. you. You're welcome. Thank you, Marcia. You're welcome.